0: Hey, American Hauntings listeners, it's Troy. I'll bet you've heard of H.H. Holmes, the serial killer, the swindler, the builder of the legendary murder castle, and the devil who became the villain of the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago. But what does that have to do with this podcast? Well, if you're a fan of this show, then I think you'll also love our other podcast, which is available to our supporters on Patreon. Right now, we're in the middle of our latest season, which is Sinister the true story of H.H. H. Holmes, and we're delving deep into the killer's most devious crimes and depraved murders. So get a new American Hauntings podcast every week by becoming a Patreon supporter and subscribing at patreon.com slash American Hauntings. And now on with the show. It's definitely one of the weirder songs to come out of the nineties, although it's definitely catchy. And as they used to say on a long ago, TV program that most of you probably don't remember, it's got a good beat and you can dance to it. The song was by a band called Fastball who has since disappeared so completely that maybe we should do an episode on them. Anyway, it was called The Way. And like I said, it's got a good vibe, but the lyrics are pretty strange. You can't help but wonder what it's actually about. Well, according to lead singer Tony Scalzo, it was written because of his fascination with the mysterious disappearance and death of a couple named Raymond and Layla Howard. The Howards were an elderly couple that lived in Soldado, Texas, and in 1997 made plans to attend a bluegrass fiddle festival that was only about 15 miles from their home. At the time, Layla was 83 years old and was starting to show signs of dementia, or at least had become very forgetful. Raymond had his own health issues. He was five years older than his wife and had recently suffered a small stroke that led to a head injury that required minor surgery. Although is any surgery really minor when you're 88? Anyway, their son had called that morning, concerned about their plans to attend the festival and ask if he could drive them there. But Raymond assured them they'd be fine. They went every year and it was a 20 minute drive. It's not as though they could get lost driving someplace they'd been to a hundred times, he assured him. Well, they'd made up their minds, you see, and they started packing. They probably even left before the sun came up that day. In this case, though, they knew where they were going and they knew the way. But even so, Raymond and Layla never returned home. Late that night, 500 miles away from the Bluegrass Festival, a police officer pulled the couple over for driving in the dark without their headlights on. Layla, who was driving, was unable to tell the officer where they lived. The baffled patrolman gave her a warning, told her to turn her lights on and sent them on their way. Obviously not the sharpest tool in the shed. Three days later, Layla and Raymond showed up again, this time at a farmer's market in Arizona. They may not have known where they were, but they were having some sort of adventure. Well, by now, their children were panicked. They'd been unable to reach their parents by phone. So they went to their house and discovered that Layla and Raymond hadn't packed for a trip. They left their cat, their clothing, and their toiletries at home. Apparently the Howard's just drove off and left it all behind them. But their family had to ask, where were they going without ever knowing the way? Two weeks later, after Raymond and Layla had left on what was supposed to be a 15 mile trip, their car was found at the bottom of a cliff near Hot Springs, Arkansas. Their bodies were found in the wreckage. There were no skid marks on the road at the top of the cliff, suggesting they'd never slowed down before flying off it. Either they didn't see where they were going, didn't understand the road had come to an end, or as I believe, they simply wanted to end the pain and suffering that was coming their way as their bodies and minds fell apart. This way, they'd never get cold. They'd never get old and gray. They wouldn't make it home, but they really didn't care. They wanted the highway and were happier there. According to the Howard children, they were just happy that Layla and Raymond were together at the end. It's a tragic story with a gruesome ending, or is it? I guess it depends on how you look at it and what you might do in the same situation. Either way, at least the Howard's family and friends were able to discover what happened to them after they vanished along that dark desert highway. That's more than the friends of William and Margaret Patterson had when that couple vanished from another town in Texas in 1957. Not only did they not know what happened to them, but later they couldn't even be sure if Patterson was actually their name. This is a weird one folks, so get ready. Welcome to American Hauntings, the podcast dedicated to the history, hauntings, legends, lore, and the dark side of American history. And welcome to our latest season, Gone, which is hosted and produced by Cody Back and written and performed by Troy Taylor. That's me. America has a long history of strangeness and unexplainable happenings. Tragic events have occurred here and mysteries exist for which no rational explanation can be found. Those mysteries include unsolved disappearances, like the ones we're featuring this season. We've opened the files on people who have gone missing, vanished without a trace, and have never been seen again. Their stories are haunting, heartbreaking, and tragic. They're bizarre, unexpected, and sometimes seem impossible. But one thing we do know is that they did happen. These people walked out the door one day and never returned. Their stories have no conclusion, their cases remain open, their mysteries are unsolved. They're gone, but we aren't allowing them to be forgotten. This is episode 14 of the season, which takes us back to the crazy days of the Cold War in America, where it seemed like anyone, even your next door neighbor, might not be who they seem to be. On the evening of March 5th, 1957, William and Margaret Patterson left their home at 3000 Piedmont Drive in El Paso, Texas, and vanished without a trace, leaving everything they owned behind. To this day, their disappearance has never been solved, although a lot of people have tried, suggesting they were Russian spies or even abducted by aliens. Some say that one murdered the other and that their bodies are buried on the property in El Paso, which might explain the ghost stories that linger at the house. Well, it would be nice if something about this case could be explained, because so far no one really has a clue about what happened to two people who seem so, well, ordinary. If you had to picture a couple from a 1950s television show, you would end up with William and Margaret Patterson. They wouldn't be the lead characters. They were too boring, but they'd be the friends next door that the lead characters have cocktails with, or the unexciting couple they run into at ad agency dinner parties. William, who always went by the shortened version of his last name, Pat, was in his late 40s, was slightly balding and wore eyeglasses. He owned a Patterson photo supply in El Paso. Margaret stayed at home because, hey, it was the 50s, and occasionally helped at the shop. She had dark hair with some curls cut to her shoulders, and probably had it washed and set each week at a local beauty parlor. They were an ordinary couple neighbors liked them. And so did their customers as well as their few friends. They weren't really close to anyone preferring to stay home when other couples were having backyard barbecues, playing bridge and mixing cocktails. Patterned a good living. The Patterson's had a nice house, a Cadillac, a boat and some vacation property in Guayamas, Mexico. They lived a quiet life and no one ever noticed anything unusual about them. A few evenings before they disappeared, the Pattersons decided to host a rare get-together at their home and invited another couple, the Wards, over for dinner. Cecil Ward was as close to a good friend as Pat probably had and the wives liked one another. Cecil was the owner of Ward's Motor Clinic and after the meal, he and Pat went out to the garage to have a beer and apply some acrylic to Pat's boat. The wards later told the police that neither of the Patterson's mentioned they had any plans to travel. In fact, Cecil added that he and Pat had plans to get together later in the week. Then on the morning of March 6th, Cecil opened his auto business and discovered that Pat's Cadillac was sitting in the driveway, parked in front of his garage doors. Confused, he tried to recall if Pat had mentioned bringing it over, but if he had, Cecil didn't have any memory of it. So Cecil went back inside to see if he'd written anything down. And a few minutes later, the bell over the customer door rang when Doyle Kirkland came into the shop. Doyle managed Duffy photo service. And although he and Pat had competing businesses, they had always gotten along well. Doyle said that he had dropped off Pat's car, which explained why it was outside. When Cecil asked him why he had it, Doyle told him that he and Pat had worked on Pat's boat the previous night and that the Pattersons were quote, Going on a little vacation, he said. Pat asked him to drop the Cadillac off with Cecil for a tune up. With a wave, he left the garage and walked across the street to his store. Well, something bothered Cecil about the story. Now, no one could say what it was. Cecil never said. Maybe it was just some sort of bad feeling in his gut that something wasn't right. So instead of tuning up the Cadillac, he called the police. And that's when things started to get weird. El Paso was a small town in 1957 and the Pattersons were respected members of the community. The cops knew Cecil Ward too, and they took what he had to say pretty seriously. A couple of officers were sent to the Patterson's house for a welfare check, you know, just to make sure everything was okay. It wasn't. When they arrived at the Patterson home, the officers found mail in the box and that morning's newspaper sitting on the front step. They knocked several times and there was no answer, but the door was cracked open. They cautiously entered calling out for the Pattersons. The house though, was eerily silent. Dishes from the previous night's meal were still in the sink. Nothing seemed to have been packed because their suitcases, were still in the closet. Detectives later learned that some clothing, including an expensive fur coat, had been left at the cleaners and was there waiting to be picked up. None of the utilities had been disconnected and the newspaper and mail were still scheduled for delivery. Only the family cat, Tommy, was in the house and no extra food or water had been left out for him. Margaret would have never gone out of town without arranging for the cat's care. Eventually Cecil filed missing persons reports for the Patterson, which started a serious investigation into the whereabouts of a couple who would leave their business, house, belongings, and cat behind. El Paso authorities convened an inquest to look into the disappearance. It led nowhere, but it did bring William's 75-year-old father, Luther Patterson, to El Paso from Chicago. At the inquest, he testified, quote, I always knew Pat and Margaret would take off like this someday, but I figured it would be four or five years away. They're not dead. My boy has done things like this before. He made his living doing sleight of hand tricks. As an explanation, Luther added that Pat had worked in traveling carnivals when he was younger. Margaret's parents hadn't approved of him and demanded she choose between her family and Pat. Well, she chose Pat, Luther said. Now, not only was this testimony from Pat's own father bizarre, but how did it fit with the image of the upstanding businessman that everyone in El Paso had of William Patterson? A carnival sideshow? Well, the mystery deepened when the police started questioning Cecil Ward He cooperated fully, telling the cops everything he knew about Pat and his wife. He described Pat as a friendly, free-spending man, but one with a few minor flaws. Pat often overdid it with the booze. He was a man who loved his cocktails, and he knew of one time that it got him into trouble. Cecil recalled that a month earlier, Pat had gotten drunk in Juarez, Mexico, and had gotten into an argument with a waiter. Cecil said that Pat was in town to see his 20-year-old girlfriend, Estefana Marfin and the waiter refused to serve her. Well, the idea that Patterson had a girlfriend in Mexico was just as surprising to detectives as his father's testimony had been at the inquest. It didn't seem to fit what they knew about Pat, but when they tracked down Estefana, she admitted she had been seeing him for months. The last time they'd been together had been March 6th, and Pat had told her he had important things to talk to her about and added, quote, When they come for me, I'll have to go in a hurry. Cecil's revelations, of course, led to more questions and Cecil suddenly realized how little he knew about the Pattersons. As the police would soon learn, he wasn't the only one who didn't really know them. Both Pat and Margaret had been tight-lipped about their childhoods, except to say they'd been rough. Margaret's friends told detectives that she'd never told them her birth date exactly how she and William met, or even how long they'd been married. Although both of them drank heavily, everyone seemed to like them, but knew almost nothing about them. The disappearance was given a lot of publicity, mostly because things like that didn't usually happen in their quiet little town, but fresh leads were difficult to find. The El Paso police sought help from the FBI, the Los Angeles police department, and even Mexican authorities. but. Even so, the investigation stalled for several weeks. And then things got weird again. In late March, Herbert Roth, the Patterson's accountant, received a telegram that was sent from the Western Union office in Dallas. It had been placed by telephone from Love Field Airport. The sender was listed as W.H. Patterson, which was a little odd since Pat's middle name was Darrell. That's a D, not an H. Anyway, the telegram instructed Roth to act as business manager of the Patterson photo supply company. It also asked him to sell a mobile home that was owned by the Pattersons, use the proceeds of the sale to support the store, and then rent out the Patterson's home for the next nine months. Well, the telegram seemed to be a new lead, but it deepened the mystery even more. I mean, it had been called in by telephone, which meant that no handwritten original existed. In other words, anyone at all could have placed a call to Western Union. And then there was the letter. It arrived at Roth's office a short time later. It was typewritten, but was allegedly signed by Pat, although the signature was never confirmed. The letter contained instructions on how Pat wanted to dispose of his business and properties. The beneficiaries were Herbert Roth, Art Moreno, a 24 year old employee of the Patterson store, and Doyle Kirkland, the man who had acted so suspiciously when the Patterson's disappeared that Cecil Ward had called the police. The letter completely ignored the fact that Pat had a father and a sister who were his next of kin. They hadn't been mentioned at all. Needless to say, the letter wasn't a good look for Doyle Kirkland who had never really been that close to Pat and Margaret. They were business associates at best. The thing was, though, there was no evidence at all to link him to the couple's disappearance. By the early 1960s, though, Kirkland had left El Paso for parts unknown, and the police were unable to trace him. As with other cases that receive wide publicity, sightings of people who might be the Pattersons regularly occurred in the years that followed. There were dozens of sightings in Mexico, but none of them panned out until hotel workers in Valle de Bravo contacted the El Paso police about a couple that stayed there. A deputy sheriff made the trip to show them photos of the Pattersons, and they were convinced the couple had stayed at the hotel in 1957. However, no hotel records or signatures in the guest book could be linked to the Pattersons. Pat and Margaret were officially declared dead on March 27th. 1964, the case had gone from cold to downright frigid, and it stayed that way for the next 20 years. Then in 1984, a man named Rinaldo Nangare came forward with a new startling piece of information. Rinaldo told the police he'd been the caretaker of the Patterson's home. And shortly after the couple disappeared, he found blood, clothing and a Rolex watch in the couple's garage, as well as what seemed to be a piece of a human scalp, On the propeller of pat's boat he admitted to having cleaned up the scene but there was more the next night he claimed to see a man carrying bloody sheets out of the house and putting them into the trunk of a car he hadn't gotten a clear look at the man but it was not william patterson when asked why he'd waited so long to come forward ronaldo said he'd been an undocumented immigrant in 1957 and feared being deported Two years after coming forward though, Ronaldo was killed in a car accident and none of his information was ever confirmed. So what happened to the Pattersons? Were they killed as Sergeant Jim Belknap of the El Paso police believes? I mean, it's something that seems to be confirmed by Ronaldo Nangare's story, so maybe. But why did the police find the house undisturbed? And why didn't they discover any trace of the blood that the caretaker claimed to see? If they were killed, who murdered them? Well, it's hard not to point fingers at Doyle Kirkland, the last person to allegedly see the Pattersons before they disappeared. He certainly stood to profit from their vanishing if the letter sent to Herbert Roth could ever be verified as authentic. And I don't think it was, by the way. But some people believe they were kidnapped. But why? Pat made a good living, but he wasn't considered rich and wealthy. And if they were taken for money, why was there no ransom demand? There are those that even suggest that the Pattersons were abducted by aliens. Although, as you can imagine, evidence for that's a little tough to find too. But the most intriguing theory about the Pattersons is that they disappeared because they'd been ordered to do so by their handlers. The Pattersons, many believe, were spies working for the Soviet Union. You have to remember that the United States was in the middle of the Cold War with Russia in the 1950s. Our World War II allies had become our most fearsome foes, two nuclear powers doing everything they could to undermine the military might of the other. Everything was a competition from bombs to outer space. The Russians launched Sputnik in October 1957 and the U.S. launched Explorer a few months later. There were Russian spies in the United States, but were the Pattersons two of them? If they were, then they had to have been recruited by Soviet operatives, right? I mean, their friends didn't know much about them, but Pat and Margaret did have a backstory and Pat did have a father and a sister. Or did he? Could all of them have been made up? I know, I know, I'm reaching, but how is this any less possible than a UFO abduction? Anyway, those in favor of the Soviet spy explanation suggest that Pat and Margaret disappeared because their bosses might've feared their cover was blown. Pat had gotten close to his Mexican girlfriend and even warned her that he might have to leave in a hurry if they came for him. Maybe his handlers found this out. It's been suggested that the photo supply company was a cover so that Pat could get photographs of Fort Bliss, which is, right outside of El Paso. He could have been photographing military shipments coming in and out of the base by train or something even more important. Fort Bliss is home to the Army Forces Command and Joint Force Land Component Commanders Organization, which performed critical air and missile defense planning, coordination and execution functions. Okay, to make it simple, they decide what missiles need to be launched and where they need to land. Now, that sounds like information the Soviets would have liked to have had, right? And maybe when Pat blew his cover with his girlfriend, someone was sent to make sure that he and Margaret never talked. Maybe they whisked them away to Moscow, or maybe, and this is probably more likely, they put two bullets in the backs of their heads and dumped them in shallow graves in the Mexican desert. But who knows? Unfortunately, there's no evidence to say that Pat and Margaret were Russian spies, but hey, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? It also makes me wonder that if the Pattersons just decided to take a long vacation somewhere off the grid, just why their house got a reputation for being haunted. The calls were always coming into the police station, especially around Halloween. It was kids mostly, but sometimes it was adults too. They were passing by or maybe they lived down the street, but they noticed something strange at the old Patterson house on Piedmont Drive. The house was empty, they said, but there were lights moving around inside. Sometimes they spotted someone looking out the window, even though the place was locked up tight. A couple of people even confessed to breaking inside. They heard footsteps and knocking sounds and voices in the abandoned house and fled for their lives. After the Pattersons were declared dead, the house was sold by their estate and other families moved in. They told strange stories, stories just like the ones told breathlessly to the police over telephone lines. The house was haunted, they said. And who could it be but the Pattersons? Some of the detectives involved in the 1957 investigation, like Frank Manning, the former chief sheriff's deputy, were convinced the Pattersons had been killed and their bodies were buried around or under the house. Deputy Manning never could find any evidence of it, but he was sure that he was right especially after the rumors of the haunting began to circulate around El Paso. In the end, we'll never know for sure what happened to Pat and Margaret. Their case remains as mysterious now as it was in 1957. Were they murdered or kidnapped? Were they taken by aliens or did they vanish because they were spies? We'll never know. But I can promise you, this is a story you'll still be thinking about long after this episode is over.
1: started then uh make sure i'm recording in the right headphones okay all right you good to go yep all right thanks for returning for more episodes of the american hauntings podcast where we discuss history hauntings legends lore and the dark side of american history this is season seven of the podcast which we call gone okay
0: uh, I'm, your, I'm your I, 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 Once again, I plan nothing ahead of time. Just whatever Perfect. pops out in the moment. Yeah, yeah.
1: with me is my co-host, um, yeah. author, historian, crime buff, the founder of American uh, Hauntings, uh, and uh, recent uh, clown noise enthusiast. Yeah, I don't yeah, know exactly. Troy Taylor. That is
0: right. That is. Oh, right. that was a different one. You know, but well, hey, I was hey. going to work. I was working on a Yosemite Sam, but I didn't. Ah. I didn't get it. I didn't get to rehearse. So yeah, uh, if you, I, you I added forgot, in a, so. a Tarnation, a, a or Porky Pig, thing. you know, you yeah, something like that oh man uh dude what's up what's been going on well just the usual you know just um Chaos? getting through the end of the summer so still uh still do it, knocking out the uh the summer events and things so um lizzie borden was this past weekend so that's an annual that's oh, an yeah. annual favorite so um, yeah i know you love it yeah yeah, I do. And then so then I got cults and then I got gangsters and then, you know, more St. Louis exorcism. So, nice, you know, uh, knock out the summer. So then it's into fall. So
1: that but. reminds me, did you I saw, I think, yesterday or a couple of days ago, um, how to become a cult leader popped up on Netflix. Have you seen that or heard of that yet? <laughs> no,
0: I haven't checked no. it out yet. but I, put it I on haven't the list. either i'm curious either (laughs) well it's yeah after after reworking that and you know updating that presentation i could probably run through a lot of tips for people on how that worked i'm not gonna lie crazy stuff out there i'll tell the listeners i've reached out to
1: troy before and i'm like (laughs) let's just start a cult dude you be god i'll be jesus christ we'll figure out a third (laughs) and we'll but uh he wasn't having it so you're lucky is all i'm saying we're using our power for good uh-huh, right. Um <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah, what okay, as, as far as things you're not going to do, we know that, but what what, what other yes. stuff are you doing? What do you got Well, the
0: the one thing I'm excited the most about is uh I and I know it seems like I have new books coming out all the time and I really don't. It's just, you know, I did that book with Amanda back back mm-hmm. in June, so I didn't have to write an entire book cuz she wrote half of it. So, nice. uh I have time for another book. And uh my new one comes out August 19th, and that's the Blood Bullets and Booze book. That's my Southern Illinois gangsters. Um, And, you know, the, the war that went on down there between the gangsters and the Ku Klux Klan and the gangsters killing each other. And it's just, it's, I don't know, this is one of those books. I mean, I've done one on, you know, Capone and the gangs in Chicago and the ghost stories, and this will have ghost stories in it as well. But this one's just like, I don't know, man. It's like, banjo playing gangsters or something i don't know how to describe it i mean it's got all this stuff that you know the chicago gangsters had with shootouts and stuff but then it's got guys dropping bombs from airplanes uh, on each other you know homemade uh, military tanks um towns under martial law in in (laughs) illinois in the 20s you know i mean it's just it was just a lot of fun so i mean anybody who has heard, you know, of like the Shelton Brothers or Charlie Berger or Buster Workman, if you're down in the Alton Collinsville area, that's a name that pops up a lot. All of it's in this book. So it, this was a fun book to write. It's something I'd always been interested in. And, um, you know, there's enough ghost stories that go along with it that kind of made it a nice companion for the the new edition of my Chicago gang book, which was Blood, Guns, and Valentines. So on the 19th, I'll be doing a book signing at the in the Crystal Room at the Mineral Springs. Uh, from noon to three. Uh, so people can stop by, get the new book, um, get the you know, the new edition of Haunted Alton. Uh, if they didn't get it when it came out, I'll have that there. You know, all the regular books will be there. Um, we've got a special going on with the blood guns and valentines and blood guns and blood booze and bullets. Well, I'm gonna get confused. I oh, can tell with all the blood. Anyway, yeah. the two books are gonna go together. And then later that night for anybody who's gonna be hanging around uh i'll be doing my capone and chicago's gangland ghosts dinner that night but that's something you got to have reservations for ahead of time so Mm -hmm. um and that's good till let's see reservations end on the 14th so Uh, all right so yeah yeah, so people can kind of do both if they want or just do one or whatever but you know love to see people it's always fun i like to do these and um it's always a good time. And I'm, I am really excited about this book coming out. So yeah. Was this a kind lot of my th- fall release? Was so. this a lot of things um, that you knew? Or did you learn a lot of new stuff? And, and um, in there? it was a lot of stuff that I, you know, that I was familiar with um, already. Uh, but I, you know, I dug in, you know, deeper, you know, with mm-hmm. the newspapers and the archives and that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, so I got to add some new stuff to it. And um, I think, you know, while people have a knowledge at least down in our area further south have a knowledge of a lot of this stuff uh, i don't think they know many of the ghost stories or some of that stuff you know so i think it'll be some new things for people too but i've been doing those um the the southern Illinois gangster some of the dinners and they've always been really well attended people have a good time so uh i'm hoping that they uh, will enjoy the book just as much so awesome yeah anyway check it out. Crossed. should be fine, though. So. Awesome. Um, That's what's coming up other than uh, the only other thing I could add is that uh, on the 18th, uh, all the tour tickets for Alton go on sale for the fall and for Decatur in the fall. And this is our 30th year in Decatur. Uh, I'll be doing wow. a special tour at the end of the month again. Um, we, you know, we can only do so many tours. So the tickets are going to go fast. They do every year mm-hmm. and they will this year too. So we expect them to uh to go pretty fast so if you're hoping to make it to any of those anybody listening um you know please come see us in decatur it's our original tour this is our 30th season uh come see us uh it is a fun it is a fun tour i was uh because you know the 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 worse the town the better the ghost tour, it seems like so you know <laughs> the, i was three
1: know. years old when you started this I know. tour. I well, so what I'm going to tell my friends, cause I've had some people reach out and like, Hey, are you guys doing ghost tours again this fall? And I was like, uh, yeah. actually, hold on. <laughs> yeah. um, we're doing them all year round, but also, th- yeah. Tickets go on sale the end of August. So yeah. like, get, yeah. get on that. Yeah. shit. Don't August wait 18th, October. we'll have
0: everything available. Uh, so we encourage people to get on it, you know, do, yeah. do it, get on it and, um, and, and, and get your tickets before they're, they're gone again this year. Yeah, it happens every year. So I,
1: uh, I wanted to tell you, I saw an interesting horror movie that's kind of been making the rounds. Um, I've seen it twice now because I've been working for different different events um, mm-hmm. from 824. It's called Talk, Talk to, to Me. Talk to Me? Yeah. yeah, we
0: saw it last weekend. Uh, was th- I I it, it was fantastic. I gave it four and a half stars. I-, I think I did the same thing. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. It, was, it was so great. good. Yeah, it's, it definitely went right on to my top of the year. Perfect. List. So. Yeah. There's a couple of other things that are coming I'm excited about, but that one was one I kept. The buzz was so great on that mm-hmm. one. And yeah, I really dug it. I mean, it was just there's nothing not to like if you like horror films. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything about it was cool, and it really, it just, I don't know, it just really had it together. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that there's no backstory, there's no, we well, don't know why it works, we don't t- know. You did know. you did you i read yesterday. i saw though. they filmed a prequel <laughs> yes yeah. they already which did. is really but it's about the i think it's about that opening scene that you see you know the uh-huh, first uh-huh. scene that you and see. the very violent opening yeah, scene right but i don't think that they still i don't think explain i hope not i hope not because that's one of the things i liked about it is that we it didn't matter yeah we, we don't know we how the mechanism was that this is what happens, and we only know this because we've been hearing it from other people. We yes. don't know if you hang on for 60 seconds, you yeah, know. Yeah. We, we don't know. We, that's what we just think. word of that's mouth, what somebody yeah. said, yeah. So yes. yeah, that's what I thought was so cool. And,
1: and I, I love how nobody really really questioned it either. They were just no, like, no, oh, I, know. Just going I know for it. And, it, and,
0: and I also liked how you, you don't, even though it was filmed in Australia, some people had accents, some people didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the location is super vague. which is again, something I liked. You don't even know when it happens. Mm -hmm. Um, It it was kind of like, it follows. That's what it reminds me of. Yes, absolutely. Because you don't know when that is, where it is for sure. Um, and no one really knows how this thing is working, it, only that it is. And it's uh-huh. a word of mouth story. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's, it uh, talked to me was fantastic. It's I, one of the ones I
1: where you're, it. you're, you're kind of dropped into the middle of a story sort uh-huh. of, and, and exactly. I like that. And then, uh, exactly. yeah. So yeah. So check that out. If you haven't seen it, we won't give yeah. any spoilers or no, anything. No, no, so no, If all. we keep talking about it, I know that we will. I know we'll that.
0: end up spoiling something. I don't want to do that.
1: So. Um, the last random thing I wanted to ask you, I rewatched uh, Zodiac last night just because I, I watched one it recently
0: I, too. I rewatched it. Yeah. Watched it maybe a month or so ago I yeah just, i was. I is, like it is that cool. ever
1: anything you're gonna dive into you think i don't or is think it you, so you, not um, so much
0: no i mean it's interesting i have written just a little about very little about it um i, I don't know i it's it's one of those things that you just it's so hard to know what <laughs> what the hell really happened mm-hmm. i mean i've heard a lot of theories that there really was no zodiac it was just somebody taking credit for some murders that happened uh-huh. you know and so I, I i've seen a lot of different things about it and uh, so i don't know uh i know that ted cruz was somehow involved yes uh, no, I, yeah, right <laughs> so but no i really i really don't know much about it other than you know watching the movie i read the robert graysmith's book yeah i think probably in high school or something when it came out uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I I don't know a lot about it, and it's never anything I've wanted to delve into. Too fair enough. I, I just I don't know ask. why. I just yeah. don't. Yeah, 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 it's just not for me. Yeah, I think oh, that but... that's
1: why I slipped up earlier when I was uh, talking about Jack the Ripper and I said Zodiac before. We oh yeah, because you were about that. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and if you haven't seen this movie for some reason yet, it's a star-studded oh, cast God, and it's, it's, whole, it's fantastic. It's great yeah. movie. Yeah, it you gotta really check is. it out. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Right. Well, let's dive into this listener review. Uh, this one's titled 100% Addicted, and it's from Mar iPhone i think um i don't know um it just says i've always been fascinated with the paranormal in the unknown i love this podcast as it combines the legends and lore with historical facts while they sometimes burst my bubble when the ghost stories i heard are found out to just be made up it's really (laughs) helped me open my eyes to the true facts behind the hauntings a friend and i will be traveling to alton illinois in october because of this podcast and we can't wait thank you Troy cody for sharing your hobby so yeah thank you so much that's awesome
0: yeah that is cool
1: Yeah, I hope you have a great time, and I hope that you're traveling to Alton to attend some tours or dinners or something or events. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so fastball was my very first concert (laughs) ever. Are you kidding? (laughs) It was it was (laughs) Goo Goo Dolls, Sugar Ray, and Fastball. Oh yeah, that's a perfect trio. Uh, I I would say that. I was seven years old with my dad and my sister. Um, I you know the way is probably it's a top three of their most popular songs, if not the most. Uh, I'd um, say
0: they only had like two. So okay. I'm going to say it was in the top it's, two. For it's got to sure. be.
1: It's, <laughs> and well, to tell you, fact, I can't even remember the other one. Um, So I can't. And I like it, but
0: I can't remember what it is. Yeah, so it's got uh, it on the radio, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah,
1: so it's got to be this one. Um, yeah. And I always thought it was a creepy story, but I never knew any of the real background. I think I'd heard somebody mention it before, but I never looked into it. So when I saw this pop up, I was like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> um, written about Raymond and uh, is it Leila Howard? I Leila, from
0: from what I could find. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. El-
1: yeah, elderly couple that makes plans to go to a bluegrass fiddle festival in 1997. Leila's 83, has dementia. Uh, Raymond's 88, and had suffered a small stroke. Um, my father got dementia from a small stroke. So yeah, I can yeah. just think of two people like that together oh, I traveling.
0: I know. Oh, boy. Yeah, um, but the,
1: but the, yeah, their parents are their parents. Their children are concerned <laughs> about, um, you know, what if, what they're going to do and if they can make it, everything. They're like, look, it's 20 miles away. We've done this tons of times. Late that night, they're found driving 500 <laughs> miles away without headbutts. <laughs> I know. I know. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, and then uh, after being pulled over and a cop, not being very good at his job (laughs) um, found again three days later in Arizona at um would you say farmer's market yeah
0: farmer's market yeah
1: and the children realized that uh they didn't bring any of their shit they left (laughs) it all at home um and so yeah all the lyrics of the song make so much more sense to me you know (laughs) yeah it's I'd be interested to see how this band found this story and came up you know yeah I
0: mean it must have been I mean if the song came out like the next year so he must have it must have popped up in a newspaper or something at the time, and he just put this together. So, right. yeah, I had a lot of fun working the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, know, you did a great, yeah. you did a great that job was with that. Fun. Um, but too- I mean, and then even when they were found, you know, the, they're in Arizona, and the next thing they're found in Arkansas. So they turned around and came hundreds of miles back in the opposite direction well what, yeah, the thing the I, thing you know, i was thinking I about know, is like you know if you're on a long trip and somebody's
1: like okay i gotta go to the bathroom you're like okay i'm gonna pull off at the next stop or i'm hungry or whatever they wouldn't remember all of that so like how are they deciding to eat to go to the bathroom well to see the thing anything? is
0: though but she had been showing some signs of dementia okay she so wasn't she might have been a little you know, more there yeah i think they're i, I you know i honestly I, I think they just decided to have an adventure that's amazing. And, and went out filming Louise style. Yeah, I really do. I, I think they just decided to go out together. You know, I, I mean, these people have been together forever, you know, yeah. and I think this was just kind of they knew that the, the end was coming and it wasn't pretty and this was a better deal. You yeah. know, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. But that's the way the story feels, you know, yeah. when you read the real story, you know. And
1: and I mean, they didn't really hurt anybody else. And like, no, yeah, no, okay, maybe they all. maybe
0: they caused a little
1: bit of grief and then, you know, driving the car off the cliff and all that. But you know what? There's still something poetic and beautiful about it. I know. It. And I know.
0: Uh, that's kind of what I thought, too. And I mean, even the, their family was kind of like, well, we're just glad that they were together, yeah, you know, at the yeah. end. So. Yeah. Sorry, you guys have to go uh, recover
1: the car and do all <laughs> that stuff. But, you know, eh, fuck it. Um, yeah. well, let's get to, um, a not as beautiful story <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, with William and Margaret Peterson. So 1957, El Paso, Texas, um, March 5th, they leave their home and everything behind and just vanish without a trace. You talked about how they lived a quiet 1950s life. Uh, I just going to kind of jump to it. Like, I mean,
0: could they have been spies? Or- I don't see why not. I mean, yeah. you know, the way I looked at it when you, you know, when I, I tried to lay that out at the end that the. the it really kind of makes sense. I mean, I'm not saying they were, maybe that's overly dramatic, but there were spies. Yeah. You know, we are in the middle of the cold war. Yeah. There were spies everywhere. There's the American that yeah. all those James Bond novels were written and they're mm-hmm. all about the Soviets and, you know, and things, and there were spies all over the place with spies in this country. And people were at, you know, right around this period too, people were at the height of paranoia. I mean, you know, in late 1957, uh, the Russians put Sputnik into space. You know, mm-hmm. we followed it up a few months later. You know, um, we're, we beat them to the moon. That was supposed to be whoever made it into space would control the world kind of thing. But, I mean, it's it didn't work out that way, obviously. But, you know, um, we were in a race of of to make sure that no one, neither side could dominate the other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's, here's a, a, a little town in Texas. That's right outside of a military base, a pretty damn important military base, you know, deciding where missiles go, Mm -hmm. you know, that's information the Soviets would have wanted. You know, there's, it's very possible that maybe he had a contact on the base, feeding him information, and this guy, they were heavy drinkers, Mm -hmm. and this guy ends up hooking up with this chick in Mexico and tells her too much. And they he they take the either take them out or they pull them or something because maybe they're afraid their cover would be blown or mm. maybe they ran, you know, for the same reason. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that I know for a fact that's what happened. Yeah. But it's, it's a pretty say. it's a pretty you can make that a pretty convincing theory. I would say, um, yeah, more so than, that. say, aliens, you know, yes. or UFOs or something, you know, but. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a weird story. It's a really interesting story. And and nobody really knew that they didn't know them until right. it was over, until yeah. they were gone. Then they're Not, like, well, wait a minute. Here. Now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. really know anything about them. I don't know when our friend's birthday was. I don't know how she and her husband met. I don't know when they got married. And we've been playing Bridge and pinnacle with these people for years. Yeah, you know,
1: and I mean that seems like a, a like
0: very well trained spies. Probably, yeah, very you know? low like, key. You know, yeah. they're not; they don't make any waves. That's that's one of the things I mentioned about them being so boring. They couldn't mm-hmm. be the leads in a TV show. They'd have to be the boring neighbors because mm-hmm. they never did anything. They were yeah. just, you know, they have socialized only a little. They didn't have a huge circle of friends. You know, uh, they a couple of people knew them. Others were acquaintances. You know, Mm -hmm. they ran a busy store in town, but, you know, it was the 50s. People still needed to have their pictures developed somewhere back in those days. And, you know, that was a talk about a low key job. I mean, a very innocuous, you know, not make any kind of waves kind of job. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not going to put you in the public eye. It's not like he was running for you know, city council or mayor or anything like that. He's just this guy. It it could also, you know, he's head down doing his job.
1: If it's also that close to some kind of base or something, I mean, getting pictures of things you probably get information on people and
0: if he's taking pictures then he's got a way to develop them he's developing them himself yeah and so nobody knows what he's photographing so it's a perfect cover it's a great cover
1: yeah um one thing i did want to revisit when you mentioned um the space race and sputnik and all that um, Mm -hmm. whenever people talk to me about uh like conspiracies and stuff and they say like you believe like that we landed on the moon what i like to do Uh, is one up them and go. i like to one up them and go wait so you believe that the moon is
0: real <laughs> and, and that's, that's, that's the way cool. I love oh, the like, tripod. Wait oh a minute. My. I thought yeah. it was a spaceship. <laughs> exactly. That's not a moon
1: that's no moon. oh yeah so nothing but nothing looks like they're planning to leave they didn't even the thing that does piss me off they didn't even leave food for the cat oh i know
0: poor tommy yeah poor Uh, tommy um yeah i i I, I felt so bad for tommy that one of the photos i sent you to go up on the website for the yeah is just a picture of tommy (laughs) oh
1: i saw the email come through but i haven't clicked on him yet but uh, um they bring in his father he says yeah son's always made a living doing sleight of
0: hand tricks right there that's another that was weird too that whole thing is weird. Yeah. You know, and then the fact that I don't know this, all of it's weird. The thing about is, I mean, it it makes you wonder, did anybody really vet this guy who shows up saying he's his dad? And I mean, see what I'm saying? I mean, you know, that could have all been a, Mm -hmm. you know, just somebody playing, part of the cover you know right I mean, we could really get wild here sure. the, <laughs> I, I know. Well, theories, this, is, but this is one
1: where where <laughs> the more information that you get like the weirder it, yeah the, the weirder the, the less you know. I, know I know yeah um a letter does arrive to ruth's office containing how to handle their assets um which
0: again is also kind of mysterious it yeah the telegram matter. was first yeah. That didn't even get his initials right. You know, yeah. and it's like, OK, man, come on. Yeah. So, yeah was and, this written you know, by somebody that speaks mainly Russian. Or, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, right. Right. Well, and then the whole thing was this the dude who uh, that Doyle Kirkland guy who shows up, you know, and, so, and then they want to put him in charge. And I'm thinking. Uh, what what did this guy have to gain from this? I mean, uh-huh. the whole thing was just weird. It's almost like they set him up to make him look bad. Uh-huh. You know, first he drops the car off with first he's, you know, hanging out with the, the guy who's actually his friend. And then he invites this other guy over and says, hey, listen, we're going to be gone for a while. I need you to drop my car off down at my buddy's garage and have him mm-hmm. tune it up. Yeah. Well, how does that look? Yeah. He's the last person to see them, you know, and then, you know, when a letter shows up and says, oh, yeah, yeah, let's give all the money to him. Whoa, wait a minute now. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then that guy disappears, too. Yeah. So, so, yeah. yeah. so,
1: yeah. So, is, yeah. Is he a patsy? Did he do the whole thing? Like with no. Yeah, no, but I don't it's, know, it's, man.
0: Yeah, it's weird.
1: You can't really know. Um, The case is cold and dead until about 1984. Um, when Ronaldo uh, Nangare comes forward, claimed to have cleaned up a crime scene, saw a man carrying out bloody bed sheets later. Yeah, that's uh, weird too. Yeah, it's it who knows. Well, when... there
0: were a couple of cops in town who really did think they'd been murdered. And that one guy was convinced they were buried somewhere in their yard. Right. Which if you when you look at the photos, there's a photo of their house in there. Mm-hmm. And it's um it's odd. Okay it's an odd house. Um yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. You'll see yeah. what I mean. It's odd. yeah. You'll be. It's you'll not be what to... your picture. It's not what you're going to picture in your head at all. Okay. Okay. You no, know, I picture like a '50s era, maybe not a, maybe slightly larger than a ranch house kind of house. Yeah. It is not like that at all.
1: <laughs> you know all. what
0: I mean? Heck, since I'm just
1: right here anyway. Oh yeah, no. This looks yeah. like a house in like New Mexico or something. Or yeah, Arizona, it does. Well, I mean, like... it is.
0: I mean, it's it's a border of you know. Oh, Texas, oh, but... okay. Oh, got- so right, it does right. have that look, but that's not what I picture for them. No, no, you especially know? not not, all. not for 1950s. What I no, imagine I picture spies. something looking more like the Brady Bunch house or something. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah, so, yeah. And this looks know. like yeah, you can kind of see desert in the background. and Yeah, it. yeah. So I don't know. The whole mm. thing is just kind of weird. So. Yeah, I mean,
1: they could be in that front yard underneath any of that kind of shrubbery. I know, right? Or or in the desert a mile. Behind the well, house. right.
0: That's the thing. I mean, you're talking about your El Paso is right on the border. Right. So I mean, right. they could be anywhere. I, I think, mean, somebody because back then you could just drive back and forth between Mexico and the United States. I, I, so, you know, I think I forgot um, that it was El Paso because we were just talking about um, Arizona, Arkansas. Yeah. And like, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So now <laughs> this this does
1: make sense. I wonder how they get the picture of the cat.
0: <laughs> I, somebody must have snapped it it's an it was an it's a newspaper photo. <laughs> so it. some newspaper must have stamped a photo of and i just ran across it. and they and got I thought, f- okay well we got to have a picture of tommy Yeah,
1: Tom, so, well at least tommy's got food in front of him in this yeah somebody said so, so. so that's nice <laughs> um yeah so yeah were they abducted were they russian spies who knows um yeah. but uh
0: at least we know they were gone and then there were some ghost stories yeah so, and Kong- they're still going around no shit. I mean, to this day. Yeah, I I ran across something fairly recent, a newspaper article about some ghost hunting group or something that was in the house recording stuff and mm. uh, recorded a bunch of voices and stuff. And, uh, you know, I don't I can't vouch for the authenticity of it. But sure. uh, but yeah, that story still go around about there being ghosts in the house. So. The old Patterson know, house. Man. huh? Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Well, if anybody's ever been there or anything or been around there, let, it, let us know. I know we have listeners yeah. all over the place. Yeah.
0: Um, or hit us up with their own theories you know i'd be interested to read yeah if somebody's (laughs) got something other than than you know than that i mean i just i can't i don't know man i um i I don't know what to think about the story mostly just because there's so many things it could have been you know they could have just decided to skip town i mean or maybe his wife murdered him and she skipped town i mean yeah that's a possibility apparently they both had drinking problems apparently yeah that's what people said so but again who knows who you knows know, if they're russians there you go probably a lot of vodka yeah you know? that's
1: what that's what i was gonna say i was like yeah, <laughs> I is, that what they, is that what their drink of choice was um yeah okay well it's i want to give a quick shout out to some of our newest um patrons so thank you so much for supporting the show and subscribing to our patreon feed thank you to Brittany, James, Leandra, Deanna, gia jennifer adam molly Nikki, angela renee amber rachel michelle jeff dawn cherry robin the boogeyman um <laughs> lariva uh kevin melissa emhow sheila pamela and lauren so thank you so much for supporting the show and we're getting a lot of people checking out the hh yeah, homes it's the hh homes thing
0: yeah yeah so yeah which has been a lot of fun and it's um still got a ways to go so it's not too late to get in on that so we're uh You know, we still have, I don't know, a bunch of episodes to go. I'm not giving you a number. I don't have a number for you. And
1: by the the time we get done with this, too, if anyone needs a a bank of uh, royalty-free sound
0: effects, I have everyone... you will ever uh, want or yeah. need well anything any, anything from the 1890s we've got it yes yes at least
1: oh <laughs> uh, yeah well it is now it's now time for our ghostwriter segment so if you have a question or comment about the world of the macabre you can email us at American Podcast at gmail.com this one's from Matt, and it's a little bit longer, but I think it's it's worth it, and also I okay. asked ask for stuff like this, so uh, okay. we're going to dive yeah. into it. So, it's, it's subject is a potential haunted house on State and 7th Street in Alton. It says, okay. Hi, Troy and Cody. I've been listening to um, AHP since season one. I remember as a child, my aunt let me read your Weird Illinois book, and I was so fascinated with the Devil's Backbone story that I have a family from Grand Tower, Illinois. Years later, I was looking for my own copy of the book and found that you'd started the podcast. I'm so excited you guys are revisiting Alton, as I've been spending more time there with my girlfriend so it's kind of exciting to get to spend time in such a historical and haunted town i had a haunted history question regarding alton but first i have to say your podcast is my favorite and according to a recent spotify wrapped i listened to nine episodes in a day <laughs> <laughs> jesus It says the marion parker episode is one of the most horrifying things i've ever listened to and oh, speaking oh. of listening i always listen to the very end of the episode My girlfriend lives near the St. Peter and Paul Church. That's where I went to Catholic school over nine years. Um, And her neighbor told her that their house is haunted and was once part of a haunted tour. I'll include a photo in this email, but it's a creamish looking house on the corner of State and 7th Street across from the Hagen House. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't see this neighbor often, but he told her there's some soldiers and a cat that haunt their home. I was also told there's a hidden space above the kitchen where soldiers stayed. But this is a secondhand account, as I've only heard it from my girlfriend. I was curious if you recall the house I'm talking about. I've restarted season one to see if it mentioned during the haunted house section, but I'm not sure if it was discussed. When my girlfriend moved back to Alton earlier this year, I swore her place was haunted with lights turning off and on by themselves and an occasional sense of an eerie feeling. I don't think her place is haunted anymore, but I got excited when she told me about the exchange she had with the neighbor. Her neighbor also said the house my girlfriend lives in was referred to as Ivory Manor or something like that. I wasn't sure if you knew anything about that. However, my main question was, do you have any additional information on the history of the house uh, with the secret space above the kitchen and the soldier's? Goes on to talk about how he signed up for a walking tour, um, and dinner and spirits event. Um, he he's you know he's, he's saying a lot of very nice things. Uh, says he doesn't have iTunes or Apple News, but he'll figure out a way to uh, leave a review. So thank you, Matt, for that. Troy, So you said you know what the house. I is. do know of the
0: house. The problem with it is the reason that it's not in books is because it's I couldn't find any history I could substantiate with the house. Okay. I, I had heard the ghost stories, but. And there are a lot of houses in Alton where you get stories like that, mm-hmm. but sometimes you can't figure out why, you know, that it doesn't have a backstory that you can work with. Now, I'm not saying that I'll never find it, but so far I haven't found anything, uh, but I do know the house. It's right by the home of um, Nathaniel Buckmaster, who was uh-huh. one of the wardens at the penitentiary. It's close to his house and um it did show up um on some things in the past uh where there were stories about uh, people that lived there it used to be these two older women that lived there and there had they were seeing ghosts uh flying around the lights or something oh, wow. in the dining room so the stories have been around I just haven't been able to nail down any you know, any real history behind it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at some point, maybe, you know, maybe I'll find something. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that people talk about in the neighborhood. And like I said, I've got probably, boy, I at least a dozen houses like that mm-hmm. around town that I just haven't been able to, you know, nail down anything yet, but I'm yeah. still working on it. So, yeah, I've I've thought never about
1: I've thought about in the future. Um, I never want to step on your toes, but I thought about oh, if, no, I, if I ever right. write a if I ever write a book, I, I might do something about just the houses that I love in Alton and the legit you know history you know who mm-hmm. built it when it was built. In oh all yeah, out, yeah, and then take some of the ghost stories, just like hey, can't back this up, can't yeah. can't <laughs> yeah. find anything on yeah. it, but like here's what people said about it yeah. just because, and just have pictures because there's just so many beautiful houses. In oh Alton yeah, absolutely, and, and, man. Um, absolutely. and there's so many that I know you don't cover specifically for yeah, that just for that. Reason. reason it's yeah. yeah i mean
0: you could just make a list of stuff but it, it that doesn't make a book right you know? right right so for me it's just one of those things i'm just that's just how i am i yeah i like to have some kind of story behind it if i yeah. can dig it up
1: so. no of course and yeah I, I definitely have even like a notes app of like different addresses and pictures yeah, just like because yeah, yeah. i love this house i want to know more about uh, it whether it's haunted or not right i'm um, just because some of the architecture and stuff
0: is just amazing um cool man well that's that's all i got okay all right well we already plugged our uh our H.H. Holmes uh, Patreon series. So if anybody's interested in checking that out, I know we talked about at the beginning, but just a reminder, uh, patreon.com slash American Hauntings. Uh, we are getting ready uh, next week. We will have another new episode of that. And uh, we, we did kind of a special episode in the middle. Mm-hmm. Or I wouldn't say it's the middle, but somewhere it's, recently. It's, it's in there. <laughs> but we'll get right, we're jumping right back into the story next week. So it's going to be fun. Uh, but also just want to mention too, um, use the discount code podcast, just that one word. Uh, if you're on hauntings.net and you're shopping for books or tours or events or whatever, uh, you can use it in Cody Shirt Store, American Haunting's clothing.com too. Um, and it gets you 10% off everything you order. So mm-hmm. You know, like we say, practically just giving things away. Right. So, and I have some ideas
1: yeah. um, for some new T-shirts and stuff, too. Awesome. And some of them will be um, more American Haunting themes, but some will be just things that we kind of like. Because I, I yeah. have like ideas for like Fun. cryptid stuff, pizza stuff, ghost stuff, yeah. but all kind of yeah. relevant to things we've yeah. talked about on the show, yeah. you know. That'll be um, cool yeah all right well this episode of the american hauntings podcast was written by troy taylor It was produced and edited by me cody beck if you enjoyed the show leave us a review on itunes tell your friends neighbors and random people on the street about it and follow us on itunes spotify not stitcher oh it's
0: not stitcher it's still else. in there in it? damn anyway, it's,
1: yeah, it's no. not hey not our fault no um, but, i know but i uh, I, I left know. it in it's so cool. i gotta take it out so. uh anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, we're seriously on pretty much every one of the apps now <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's there yeah you can oh. see the website at americanhauntingspodcast.com from more info about the show notes photos that troy's been sending me links and more you can find us on facebook twitter instagram tick tock and we started
0: else. doing the photos i'm yeah, glad I that you, you wanted to put those up I think, I think that was a good idea because i listen to a lot of things and i i'm always like you know I wonder what these people I need some about.
1: context or and then yeah, and then yeah.
0: sometimes there are and then I, you know I kind of got the idea there was a podcast I listened to it's about missing people but it's more recent stuff I mean uh-huh. it's like yeah. trying to solve yeah, yeah, things yeah. and like what we're doing hey fuck it they're gone so yeah. um, we can make jokes yeah they're, they're you know and so then they'll put up pictures and I'm like that is not what I pictured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it happens all the time. So, but yeah, it's anyway, I'm sorry. Well, it, no, it's it's like uh, when, people's, I just, I just, when
1: people see what, what we look like usually and they're like, yeah, well, they're <laughs> like, that is
0: not what I thought. Yeah, so, yeah break the fourth uh, wall is broken. How do they stand to look at each other? I, think I know,
1: yeah, yeah, Troy and I actually, we turn our video <laughs> off so we don't have to
0: see it. <laughs> we
1: can't even look uh, at each other. <laughs> um, anyway, we promise that we're much more entertaining. So thanks for listening. We couldn't and definitely wouldn't do it without you. So until next time, goodbye. So along see, you, see later. you later hell yeah all right cool oh gosh I, I want to turn my air conditioner on but i won't get am
0: sweating balls no, no the- really yeah that's, that's a good thing you can't hear it.